Going Linux, episode 421, Listener Feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and open source applications and using them to get things done. If you want to send us feedback, you can use our email address, that is goinglinux at gmail.com, or our voicemail line. One nine zero four four six eight seven eight eight nine. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hey, Bill. Hey, Larry. Coffee's a wonderful thing. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It tends to help you wake up and gives you a little amp. <laughs> I don't know about wake up, but we'll we'll we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you know, Larry, I got I got a rant for just a minute. Uh. Windows 10 is driving me absolutely insane. Hmm. How so? So, I'm working on a document for work, and it just restarts. It Apparently, it just restarts just because it wants to restart an update in the middle of a very large uh, uh project I'm working at. And okay. of course, uh, I'm just going, why? <laughs> and uh, and it doesn't save, it saves part of the work, but doesn't save all of it. So you have to, you know, just, it's just maddening. It just, it pops up and says, save your work, we're rebooting, and it doesn't give you enough time to save anything because there's a big blue square in the center of your screen. So, of course, uh, that's that's annoying. Um, even if you tell it, do it during this time, I guess after so many attempts uh, of, of it trying to update and you put it off, it just doesn't give you the option anymore. Mm, yeah. So, that uh, drove me insane. I know it's 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 first world world problems, but oh, it drives me absolutely bonkers when it does yeah. that. And it's happened to me a couple times. Um, you know, we're installing this update or we're changing this feature, and it's like, um, okay, uh, I don't get it. You know, there's a perfectly useful t- tool, and they want to update it to with another tool that is not half as good. Yeah, it's like, hey, I was using that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, you know, as far as you know, snipping or anything, they just keep monkeying with stuff that works perfectly fine. Stop mm-hmm. messing with it. Um, but yeah, so that's my rant. I'm, I am not particularly happy with Windows 10 just because I just, I wish it would let me manage my computer instead of it trying to do it for me. And well, and yeah. Yeah, we talk about that a lot on this show, don't we? Yes, we That's do. why people switch to something like Linux. It's just the way it works. Yeah. So anyway, um, as far as uh, am I still running Pop? Uh, yes, I'm still running Pop, still liking it. Um, nothing, nothing to really complain about. <laughs> it just works. Okay. 
All right. You see, you had also said that you were going to install it on all your machines. Have you got that far yet? Uh, the only machine I have not gotten installed on is my gaming machine that I play the one game on. And that's about it. And I haven't monkeyed with that yet. Uh, I just, everything's running well for the game I play. So I really don't want to monkey with it because I, you know, I have a tendency to break stuff. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. As you know, you know me for a few years now. I can break about anything. But yes, so I've got uh, Pop on uh, the two other machines, and it's running fine. So I haven't. Excellent. You know, so when this thing finally uh, causes me to uh, lose my mind after this, uh, the updates and stuff, I will probably be putting Papa Pop on it. As soon as possible. Oh wow! Okay. Well, um, the the game that you play is it a Steam game, a Windows native game? It's a Windows native game. They're working on it. They're working on the Vulkan APIs for it now. It's called Star Citizen. Mm. Um, Okay. So if they get the Vulkan and some of the back end, I am really hopeful that I will be able to play that on Linux. Um, But right now. I just don't. <laughs> I just want to play. I don't want to have to, you know, go through all the the hoops. So uh, they update oh, okay. quite a bit. So maybe after they get the, the game fleshed out, that um, uh, I will see if I can't get running on Linux. Okay. Well, once we get to the feedback from Troy, he may have something you might want to try. Okay. That's our second email for today. So. Shall we get into the first email for today and sure. move on from there? Okay. Um, our first email is from Michael. He asked about adding a second drive. He writes, hello, Larry and Bill. How do you add a second drive to a PC running Mint? I have ordered an NVMe drive for gaming. I will likely use a different distro that will work well with Steam. This is to keep my work separated from gaming to reduce the chance of conflict. I will likely download an ISO yet to be determined to be installed on the NVMe. In the past, I just disconnected all other drives on the system and ran the ISO from the USB, then reconnected the other drives and did a grub update. There just has to be an easier way. Hopefully you and your insight would be appreciated. The system specs are AMD Ryzen 5 5600X 6-core processor, B550 Asus gaming motherboard, an AMD Radeon RX 5700 XT GPU, 16GB of RAM, Mint 20.3, running the Linux kernel 5.11.0-37- generic. Gotta love the names for these Linux kernels. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Mike. Hmm. Okay, Mike. Um, the way you describe it, removing the other drives and then installing uh, and then replacing the drives again, is the way that I have done it. That, of course, works when you have removable drives and with the way some PC hardware manufacturers are going, even the drives are getting soldered in these days. So that may not be an option for everyone. 
But that's the cleanest and easiest way I know of to absolutely isolate the Linux installation from anything else you may have on other drives on your computer. Remove the other drives, then install Linux on the drive you want it on, and then replace the drives and reboot your computer. And you said you've updated Grub in between. I've never found that I actually had to update Grub. It updated itself automatically, and maybe that's just the distributions that I've used as opposed to the way it works on every Linux. But, uh, Bill, you've done a little dual booting in your time. Uh, yeah. Any suggestions for Mike? Uh, well, not really. I mean, that that way does work. I've, I've actually used that method. But I've always, um, when I put in um, another drive, in, like for my laptop or one of my uh, yeah. desktops, I just uh, booted up with the USB, made sure I was installing to the uh, new drive because um, you have to format it and and set it up. And then I installed it, um, rebooted it, and um, I don't think I've had to update Grub either. I think it just sees it as another uh, operating system gives me the uh, choice to pick it or pick the other one on the other drive. So I really haven't had any problems with that. Yeah. So when you boot, uh, Grub seems to, you know, scan what's out there and sees another drive and adds that to the list. Yeah. So that's that's what I've found. It even works when you say, uh, I never recommend this, but if, if you're going to run a dual boot with like Windows, install Windows first. Yeah. Because Windows doesn't play well with others. And then install your Linux. Um, because Linux plays well with Windows, but Windows wants to keep it the ball to all to itself. And, uh, then, uh, uh, you'll let the grub, um, you know, add the entries. And yeah, it's always seemed to work for me. Yeah. So, um, I, I guess, you know, uh, other than what you suggested, which is just install it as you normally would, make sure you're installing it to the right thing. Um, that should, in fact, keep it separate if you want to be doubly sure that everything is completely isolated from one another and one operating system doesn't know about the other. Remove the the other drives. Um, I don't think there's any way to disable the drive without actually physically removing it, uh, disable it to the point where Grub or, uh, you know, certainly the operating system might not see it, but I think Grub's going to see it either way. If it's plugged in, it's going to work. Yeah, couldn't you um, uh, go into the BIOS and just uh, change the boot order so your new drive will be the first one uh, or the second one that boots. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably a good idea. So you can control the order of booting. Yeah, that way. I, I've never thought about that. Never. Uh, I've never done that. Um, but yeah, I think that might be a reasonable way to get around it. Yeah, but uh, just an idea. Yeah, well, as always, if any of our minions have some suggestions for Mike that we couldn't think of in our feeble minds here, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, please write in and let us know what's going on. Yeah. So our next 
Uh, email comes from Troy, and he says he has a way to run Windows programs on Linux. And he writes, I have I've never heard of this app and ran across this article purely by chance today. Um, thought you might have Bill give it a full test and then do a review for everyone and let us know if it's worth trying. And then he shares a uh, link, and it's called Bottles. Hmm. Troy, a.k.a. Jekters. Hmm. Why is it? Why am I always the one that uh, has to try it? <laughs> you don't have to. In fact, I've uh, read through the article and went and found bottles. And although it says in the instructions that there is a a uh, snap for it, mm-hmm. I think this is the one that says there's a snap. I wasn't able to find it, so maybe they've taken it out of the snap store. Huh. I was able to find the um, the flat pack. Okay. And so I've added flat pack support to my Ubuntu Mate 21.10 um, installation. I was able to install the flat pack and get it running and have tried it out, not in any depth. Uh, and what I told Troy is that I used to use something called bottles back uh, 10 or more years ago. But it kind of vanished off my radar as my need to run Windows programs diminished to nothing. And I could never find it again. I think it was actually the name of something that was part of Play on Linux or maybe oh. Wine Tricks or something. Okay. So um anyway, according to the new bottles website, the project was created in 2017. So maybe this creator forked the original or maybe it's a ground up recreation or, or new creation, but it seems very similar, very familiar to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I've given it a little bit of a try and it's exactly what I remember the bottles that I tried to be, except that it seems a little smoother. It seems a little easier to actually get things running. And that could be because things run a little bit better in wine and this is based on wine obviously but uh it is uh an implementation that seems a bit easier to deal with uh easier to configure and i'm not sure that it has any better support for windows programs than just plain vanilla wine but that sounds weird. Vanilla wine. I don't, I'm not sure <laughs> that they make vanilla wine. Yeah. But anyway, plain old wine. And, um, but you know, maybe you can give your game a try and see if that works. And if it does, maybe you have a, a way of, of playing the game. Uh, and if it doesn't work, you can let us know what trials and tribulations you've had. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I installed some things that, you kind of maybe don't need uh, and and tried some things that were already there that you kind of have to hunt down Mm -hmm. things like note notepad and some of the other basic windows programs. But um, yeah, it's, it's definitely worth a try. And if your distribution has flat pack support, or if you can get it to have flat pack support, you can set it up, try it and, Test it out. And if you're using a Linux distribution that uses the AUR, you can get a package from there. Uh, there aren't any Debian packages or, uh, 
Red Hat packages that I could see. Um, I'm sure you can compile it from source if you really wanted to. So at any rate, there are some ways to get this thing installed and give it a try if you're interested in it. It's called Bottles, and we'll have a link in the show notes. Yeah, I, uh, I'll have to give it a uh, look, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, I wonder what kind of overhead it, it, you know, it needs to run, uh, these, yeah. these programs. That's, that's always the two thing when, when you do any type of emulation is that one, uh, you lose, um, you lose some overhead on the base system. Uh, well, if you have lots of memory, yeah. that's fine. Um, but also the video card, you know, cause it's, you, you have, you're running two displays, so you can't always get everything you need or have a driver that actually supports the card for its, uh, for optimal performance. Yeah. For office things, it doesn't really matter. Um, but for gaming and vi- uh, playing uh, videos or doing any type of, you know, encoding or anything like that, it's going to definitely, uh, hit, take a performance hit. That's why it's always seems to be better to, uh, run, st- uh, stuff like that on, uh, native heart, you know, on bare metal, you know, hard rock. Mm-hmm. But, you know, emulation technology is getting better. So it might be really, really good. I'll have to look at it. Yeah, and certainly for anyone running a Windows program like, um, I don't know, Microsoft Office or a component of Microsoft Office, and you just need something to uh, run a basic uh, non-taxing Windows program, Bottles or Wine or any of these things will work just fine. It's the performance that you need from the games and so on that kind of are the real limiting step. And of course, that's the thing that most people want to drop Windows for is to be able to uh, run the games that you can't get on Linux yet. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, the, the performance is it. So I'd be interested to know whether there have been any tweaks to bottles to make that work a little bit better. And you said that the game that you run is constantly being updated. That's another challenge is that uh, in order yeah. to keep with the up- updates of the programs that you want to run, sometimes it requires a tweak to, in this case, bottles to make and it work. Yeah, and as they keep uh, adding you know features in, you know, uh, some of the features like uh, the Vulkan APIs or they're changing out a subsystem for something that runs better, um, that could really calls a major uh, problem, especially if it's a, you know, a radical change. So, I mean, I'm, I'm game to try anything once. And the good news is Pop! OS has Flatpak support baked in. So how that will be an easy one to try. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's great. And uh, we'll await your assessment, sir. Our next email is from Advite. Uh, and he has help for Bill, not for you, Bill, but our listener, Bill, who oh. wrote in and begged us to get him t- in touch with somebody who can call him up on the phone and and help him through some problems. So Advite has uh, that kind of help for Bill. Uh, he writes, reference Bill who needed extra help to switch to Linux. Suggest that Bill call contact Alexi, and he gives a WhatsApp number for Alexi. 
he says Alexi is great and very skilled in Linux online tech support person. I've used him a few times to help me switch to Linux myself. Alexi is fast and skilled and very friendly and perfect English. Tell Bill to tell Alexi that Advite suggested the referral. Love your podcast, Advite. So thanks. Um, we'll get Bill in touch with Alexi and see where that goes. Yeah. Uh, hopefully he can help him out. Yeah. So, so our next email comes from Ambrose and he asks, uh, about a problem with backups. And he writes, Larry and Bill, last night I found a rather odd problem. Not quite as odd as the why my Linux takes 10 minutes to shut down problem, which is one of the strangest adventures I've ever been on, but I found the answer. But odd, nevertheless. I was hoping that with your worldwide audience, someone could provide an answer. The current adventure involves rsync backups. For backups, I have written my own rsync wrapper script. I don't use the backup programs from the repo since I need some features that they don't. Um, I have a disk partition I use for hot backups, so I need to be able to hook the backup system to do the mount-unmount. Also, most backup programs only allow for a single source. They assume most people just want to backup their home folder. I don't need most of that stuff, so I need to use a list of sources. I use the rsync arguments dash dash from dash file to name my list of sources and a dash dash exclude dash file to name the exclusion list. So, for example, I might want to back up my downloads directory, so I name it in my sources file, but I might have Linux ISOs there, which can be excluded using the exclusion list. The rsync call looks something like this, rsync and with a bunch of parameters, then dash dash from dash file equals backup to sort dot sources, and then it's dash dash exclude dash file equals backup dot excludes. And his uh, script tells what to back up and what doesn't back up based on the list that he creates, which is pretty clever. Yeah, absolutely. And Ambrose continues in his email, I wanted to add a few files and directories to the backup.sources and reordered a few lines. So I made those changes and ran the backup. When I looked at the hot archive, none of the files had been backed up. I pulled up backup.sources in VI and saw that none of the changes I made were there, not even the reorderings. It's like the sources file reverted to before I made the changes. Thinking maybe I forgot to save the file the first time, I redid the changes, then saved backup.sources and exited VI. Just to be sure, I then re-edited backup.sources to make sure my changes were in fact there. Then I reran the backup. Again, the files were not backed up, and backup.sources had again reverted to before the changes. I did this several times with the same result. So I copied backup.sources to a file named xxx, made the changes to xxx, changed the sources in the rsync to rsync 
dash from dash files equals xxx and reran the backup. This time, everything worked, and the sources list in xxx did not revert. Note that the dash dash from files name no longer includes a dot. At any rate, the problem occurs when the sources file is named backup.sources and only after I run the rsync. When I switched to a different name, the problem went away. Hmm. And then Bruce wrapped up by, by writing, So my backup is working again, but I'm puzzled as to what would cause this. The general rule on something like this is to assume that 99 and 44 hundredth percent of it, the time it's something I did, but I can't think uh, what. I also wonder if the original backup sources is on a bad spot on the disk. My system is an SSD only. Maybe a problem with wear leveling. Another possibility is that rsync might have problems with file names containing certain characters. I believe some cron jobs won't run if there are certain characters uh, in the file name, but neither of these seems a likely answer. I've searched for this problem on the internet, which seems to be a series of tubes without results, so I was wondering if you guys or someone listening might have an answer. Thanks for the help. Good luck and good night, Ambrose. Hmm. Yeah, so I wrote back to Ambrose with, uh, you know, a thought that popped into my head late at night and asked him if this was a possibility. And of course he uh, sent an email back saying, no, I've, that's not what I was doing. But just to review what my thought was, I was thinking, okay, well maybe it's the file name as he suggests, but maybe you created the original file, you know, the, the sources file, and then you ran the backup, but your backup, included the sources file as something you were backing up. And then you go and edit to the new version. But then you restore from the backup, which, of course, overwrites the file that you just edited, so it doesn't look like you changed anything. And he said, no, I was just running the backup and checking the backup. I never actually ran the restore. So that was not the problem. Uh, and as he said, he's got it working now, just changing the name of the file, which leads me to believe that perhaps a file named backup.sources is kind of a protected file or a non-allowed name of a file, something that the system uses, uh, or maybe just all files with the .sources as the file extension. I've done a little research to see if there are any protected file names. Uh, haven't found anything uh, of any importance or any to, to provide any clarity, but do you have any ideas? I do. Uh, I know it's something I've done. Um, and so if it, not mean to insult his intelligence, cause, <laughs> but could he have maybe uh, not uh, made those changes as an admin and um so of course when he would close it it would uh, the changes would revert back you know maybe he wasn't logged in as root or or uh wasn't using sudo and but when he created the other one he you know just out of habit used uh, the sudo to change the uh, 
you know, when he created the back, the XXX. I am mm. just trying to, I've done that where I've made changes when I first started and, um, couldn't figure out why until someone said you've got to make the changes while you're, uh, have super user privileges. That's the only got thing it. I can think of. Yeah. So maybe it's a file permissions thing as opposed yeah. to a file naming thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's easy to overlook that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. I'm um, just, you know, I always try to find the simplest uh, solution. Um, because sometimes it's just a human error, uh, as I am apt to do quite a bit. So I, I was, I maybe check the file permissions and see if you have read write access to that. Uh, and it's, you know, that's the only thing I can really think of mm-hmm. besides, uh, that that name is used by the system somewhere else, uh, or it's, it's maybe in his backup script. I don't know. Yeah. All possibilities. So, um, I don't know that we've actually found the answer to why it's doing this. Uh, and if anyone who is more experienced at using backup scripts, especially with rsync, uh, but even just file naming or file permissions has an idea as to why poor Ambrose had this problem and why changing the name of the file worked, uh, it would be nice for all of us to hear the answer to that, or at least some thoughts from the minions that we have uh, as to why this might be going on. Uh, again, we may not be able to find the answer, but we can certainly speculate and have a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, we can theory craft about it all, all day long, but uh, uh, I've, that one is an interesting one. I'm glad you have found a workaround, but I'd like to see how you, it, why it's doing that. There's always a, there's got to be an answer. Exactly. Okay, and I think, Bill, that was our last email for this month. And thanks for all the feedback, everyone. And keep those emails coming in and keep those uh, voicemails or audio files, um, yeah, whatever you want to send us. We're happy to read them or play them on the podcast. So thanks. Yeah, and uh, yeah, thanks for all the feedback. And uh, keep sending us in those interesting uh, problems. We might not be able to f- have the answer, but uh, we would uh, we like to uh, see what we can find. Yeah, exactly. All we can right. have some fun digging yeah. into what, you know, not finding the answer. Uh, Are we turning into gray beards? You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. So, okay, Bill, that I think uh, wraps us up for this time. Do you have a tip or an application pick or words of wisdom for anyone? Uh, not really. Just keep using Linux and, uh, learning how to use it. Uh, I think that's the, and have fun when you're doing it. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to have in our next episode. It was originally scheduled to be our review of, um, a certain Linux distribution that you've decided uh, you're not even going to bother reviewing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually looking at some others. So, if anybody has a um, a suggestion, um, I have a, a machine right here ready to go to put something on to try. Um, just don't send me uh, one Linux from scratch or anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to get yeah, it exactly. up and running within this year. But yeah, if you have a uh, a uh, program, especially if it's something different. Um, 
Yes, it's suggested. Uh, I will uh, take a look at it, and uh, if it's within my technical expertise, I will definitely try it. Even if it's not, okay. I still will try it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, and by the time we record our next episode, we should have um, Ubuntu Mate 22.04 ready for release, if not already released. And I've been working hard behind the scenes to get some of the documentation in place. I should actually have a new book, a uh, new edition of the book that I've written um, to cover 22.04 out on Amazon. So we'll provide some links to that as well, if it's indeed ready by then. Uh, and uh, so we'll have some, some news to cover one way or another. But uh, again, until then, you can go to our show notes, as always, at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the people who provide the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast community on community.goinglinux.com Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. Music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.